Father, I want right now what's coming to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and took a trip to a distant land. And Where there he waste wasted all his money in wild living. He had spent everything. When a bad famine spread through that whole land, soon he had nothing he to eat. He was hungry and needed money. So he went and got a job with one of the people who lived there. The man sent him to the field to feed pigs. He would have been glad to eat what the pigs were eating, but no one gave him a thing. Finally, he, he came, came to, to his senses, he said. How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But let me be like one of your hired workers. So he left and he went to his father. While the son was still a long way off, his he father was saw still him. a long way off. He felt sorry for him. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. So he ran to him and arms him around him, him and kissed him. The son said, Father, I have sinned against God and have done wrong to you. I am no longer worthy to be called your, your son. son ever again. But the father said to his but son. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Get the best calf and prepare it. Bring the bed and calf and celebrate. Let's have a feast and celebrate. This son of mine was dead, but his son of mine was dead and has returned to life. He was lost and is found. Was lost so the party and found. So they began to celebrate, and they began to have a wonderful time. Well, good morning, man. It feels really weird to be 27 minutes into the service and I haven't touched a pulpit yet. And so, uh, uh, y'all bear with me today. I have been chomping at the bit down there uh, to stand up here in front of you this morning. So uh, go ahead and turn in your Bibles with me, Luke chapter 15. Uh, good to see everybody today. Uh, we've had a great weekend. We had the yard sale yesterday, and uh, those crazy people came out here at 7.30 and started shopping. And uh, Who knows how many people were here, but we had a good day and uh, had a lot of fun, had a lot of fellowship. But uh, just thank you for everybody that, that helped participate in that and, and made that a successful day. Luke chapter 15 is where we're going to be. We're going to be in part two of this uh, series that we're in, Finding Our Way Back to God. And uh, last week we uh, spent some time, and I'll, and I'll get there in a moment, as we uh, just talked about that, um, uh, those moments of, of awakenings in our life. So today what we're going to do, we're going to talk about a very powerful uh, emotion uh, that can either help us find our way back to God, or it could push us even further away from God. And uh, depending on how, how we react to that, right? And so that emotion this morning is going to be called regret. And I am sure that if we asked ourselves this morning in any amount of time in our life, there has been at some point in our life a, a day or a time uh, that regret has taken place. Uh, is there not? Like, uh, it may have been yesterday. Uh, you regretted a decision that you made. It, it could have been uh, 15 years ago that uh, there was a decision that you made that, that you regretted. It could have been all the way back in preschool uh, that you regretted calling that kid a name. And, and, and you need uh, to seek forgiveness of that this morning. I don't know. Uh, but whatever it is, we all have regret filled up in our life today. And as we go through one of the most famous parables in the Bible together, the story of this prodigal son, and how he finds his way back to his father is meant 
uh, to represent the journey uh, of every person and, and serve as a guide for each of us to find our own way back uh, to our Heavenly Father. What a beautiful picture of, of the song that Daniel sang for you just a moment ago when God ran. What, what a beautiful picture that was, a story of the prodigal son. Hey, that, that's our story. That's every story of a believer. And today we continue to follow this story of this prodigal son as he encounters this, uh, this powerful emotion, uh, this powerful emotion of regret, and we watch it as it brings him to, uh, honestly, a defining moment that's in his life. Did you know that this emotion of regret is so powerful that there are websites out there made just for it. There's a Facebook group out there called Secret Regrets, where thousands of people go to anonymously share their regrets. Uh, I looked at that page this week. Uh, you can go to that Facebook page today, and you can see it for yourself. And it's there for everybody to see. And I, I wanted to take a moment, because I read through, I scrolled through some of these regrets posted there to, to help us feel the weight of regret that many people are walking around in the world today. One person said this, I can't help but regret who I became after my mother passed away. My actions have caused me to lose every female that has ever loved me. Another one said this, I regret that my sons have to live with the consequences of my being a great mom one day and a monster the next, an equation that equals bad mother. Somebody else said, I regret not standing up for my friend who wasn't the same ethnicity as me. Now all I see is racism in my community and haunts me every day because I did not stand up for my own best friend. One final example, I regret leaving my old job. My new job pays more but the level of stress is absolutely unbearable. I can't handle it all. I don't know what I'm going to do now. These people filled with regret, filled with emotion, don't know what to do, don't know which way to turn. They go to a place called Facebook and post it because they don't know where else to turn. They just want to get it off their chest. Church, there's people out there today that need us. There's people out there who just want to talk to you. There's people that, that don't know us from Adam, but they just want somebody to listen to them. Uh, like the people who wrote those posts, some of us this morning, we are hindered from moving forward into a better future because we're still locked in to these shackles by our own regrets or our own mistakes. Maybe it is by something from your past, by something that uh, you wish you had done a little differently. Uh, we're in the second week of uh, this series, and over uh, this series, we're going to be looking at uh, some different awakenings that uh, occur in our journey back to God. Last week, what we did, we looked at uh, the awakening, the longing. And in that awakening, the longing, we saw a longing for purpose. We saw this longing for freedom and this longing for pleasure. And this week, as we look at this awakening to regret, uh, we're going to recognize how so often that our attempts that are fulfilled, these, these longings on our own, take us further and further and further away from God. And it actually instead takes us deeper and deeper into this emotion of regret. 
Now, if you've been a part of Cross Life for uh, any amount of time, you know that we are all about helping people find their way back. Like that, that's, that's our hearts. At least I hope you know that. Like if you chisel away at the core of our church, that is, that is who we are. That is what you're going to find. We want to see lives changed for the gospel, right? Like that's why we exist. Like if we, if we don't exist today to see salvation take place in people's lives and to see lives changed, then church, we need to close the doors. If all, if all we are is a church that, that wants to feel good moments and, and, and wants to be a, a church of events, we're, we're no different than the, ten, the city of Salisbury throwing the Cheerwine Festival in a few weekends. But church, there's more. There's more to it. And I think if we chisel ourselves away at the, at the DNA of who we are as believers, not necessarily as cross-life, but as believers... It should be our heart to see lives changed every day. People who have lost their way, never found their way, are looking to make uh, sense of God and figure out how all of that may fit together. These people that are filled with sorrow and maybe they're filled with regret and they seem sure that God would have nothing to do uh, with them. And, And they may be stuck. They may be stuck in this moment, but here's the thing. For whatever reason, they want more. They just don't know where to begin, where to start to find their way back to God. We meet such a person in our story. Uh, This is a story told by Jesus. Um, It is is designed to help people um, that are filled with regret find their way back. And in the first part of this story, Jesus tells of a, a son who demands his inheritance. You saw a snapshot video of, of, the, of the story just a moment ago, and he, he runs off into this world. And we talked about he ran off into the world last week into uh, what we would call live, uh, wild living. Wild living. And, and, and that's what we saw. And, and however, after some time of, of satisfying his desires, satisfying what he thought was his longing in life, his life begins to just spiral out of control. Maybe this morning you have come and your life, you feel, has been spiraled out of control and you don't know how to stop it. Listen, has anybody ever, has anybody ever had a water leak? Uh, uh, you walk into a leak and you don't know how to, how to uh, keep it out of control. I remember on a Sunday morning when I was a youth pastor at West End Baptist Church, uh, I was the first one on site, typically I always am, and because uh, uh, I'm, 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 I'm the good employee that shows up early and, and I'm ready to go. And, and I walk into the church office and, and the hot water heater was in the attic. And the hot water heater had exploded. Remember that? The hot water heater, we had just renovated that building like three months prior. I walk in, water's everywhere. I'm like, what do I do? And I sit there and just watch it. <laughs> And I'm like, what do I do? So I finally pick up my phone after about three minutes of like, do I get a mop? <laughs> what do I do? And they're like, as soon as I get on the phone, James is like, go to the shutoff valve. I was like, I don't know where it's at. <laughs> we find the shutoff valve. Everything's good. But man, we had a mess. Just think how fast things can happen and that spirals out of control 
Did you know our sin is like that too? So quickly, it can spiral out of control and you have no idea what to do because you don't have wraps on it. You don't know what to do with it. And before you know it, it has consumed you. It had consumed that office. Who knows what time that leak started? Who knows what time it had exploded? But we walked into a mess. And thank God for people that know things better than I do because they were able to clean it up, and I wasn't. I'm just the youth pastor. Like, I just needed to go run the church van that morning, not clean up uh, 70 gallons of water on the floor, you know? But when our life spirals out of control, where do we go? Who do we turn to? Luke chapter 15, 14 through 16. I think we read these verses last week. I'm backtracking a little bit. Jesus says these words, but when he had spent all there arose a severe famine in that land, he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Leaving his family's house and running off with the money was this bold move, right? Like we think about that. You, you could even say it was a desperate move. Hey, this guy is desperate to find purpose. He's desperate to find freedom and pleasure, but not as desperate as we find him in this situation. Here in this part of the story, we find this guy hey, that has reached rock bottom, and he is literally desperate, and that's why he's making all of these radical decisions. Did you know when you are desperate, your mind just goes crazy? And we make decisions that are based on, on everything but critical thinking and everything else. Like Everything goes the wayside. We just make crazy decisions. He wanted to hire himself out. He wanted to feed some pigs. And feeding pigs is probably not like the main goal of anybody at this time. Okay. However, for this lost son, having to feed pigs was truly the bottom of a barrel. Hey, you see, to, to the Jewish people, think about it. They weren't even allowed to eat them. It was against Old Testament for them to eat a pig. No barbecue for them. The job was not only gross, it was immoral. It was sinful to the Jews, reflecting the desperation of the prodigal son in the story. What a sad end to the lost son's journey to find simple fulfillment. Okay, this prodigal son had fallen uh, to a, a new low in life, and he finds himself in a desperate situation. He was living in the company of pigs, and he's filled with absolute regret. Imagine it. Now, now I'm convinced that he uh, had the ability, he would have been one to post on the secret Facebook page if he could have. But listen, if we are going to find our way back to God, first and foremost this morning, we must admit that all of our lives are filled with regret. All of us. Um, sadly, if we're all honest this morning, we can relate to the lost son. Uh, there have been times in my life that I can tell you this morning I have tried to fulfill longings in all the wrong places. And you know what? Like if you if you reach deep down into your life and you think way back, you probably have too. Maybe it happens so quickly or, or through gradual decisions over time as you saw freedom, as you saw purpose and pleasure in all the wrong places, this story of the prodigal son is not simply a story told long ago by Jesus. It is a story and is my story. It is a common story of regret. 
if I, if I think back to this week, there has been some boneheaded decisions, I'm sure. I, for me to even think about canceling the yard sale this week, who was I? Man, it went good. It went good yesterday. Who am I? Uh, I, I we would have regretted that decision. Oh, here's the danger, though, with regret. We can confuse the feeling of regret with actually change in our life. Regret fills us with sorrow. Like sorrow that you got caught, or sorrow that, turn, that things turned out bad, or sorrow that life has not treated you better. But such regret in and of itself simply cannot be enough sometimes. It's not enough to change us or to fix us or to lead us back to God. Okay, there, there are hundreds and thousands of people in prisons and, and living in poverty today. Did you know that? People with broken marriages, people with broken families, people hardened by bitterness, people hardened by anger, people who felt regret at some point, but that regret never led them anywhere except into a deeper well of despair or up to a greater mountain of denial in their life. Did you know that? Like, think about it. The more that we go through, the more regret that happens. That it's never led us anywhere. If one is to move from regret to real change, that's what we want to do, then their experience of regret must also look inward towards a self-examination of the heart. Now that's the problem. When we start talking about a self-examination of the heart, that's when we don't want to listen no more. When we talk about having to look at our own self and start figuring out what's wrong with us, we all of a sudden don't have problems no more. It's nobody's issue no more. Why is that? Why don't we want to look at our own issue? We want to look at everybody else's issue. We want to call out everybody else's fault, but we don't want to look at our own. We want to call out everybody else's regrets, but we don't want to look at our own. We want to call out everybody else's sin. We want to be quick to call out their sin, but we don't want to call out our own sin at all. It's exactly what we see that happens here with the prodigal son, verses 17 and 18. Look at this. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. So here in verse 17, we see how regret can be useful in helping us find our way back to God. Regret can make us realize that we have a need that only God can meet. But here's a second lesson that we can learn, and I like this one a lot. Finding our way back to God begins with this realization that I need to come back to Him. Finding our way back to God begins with this realization that I actually need to come back to Him. Now, this step back towards God, this, this, this realization that we're talking about, it can be like standing before this mile-high wall. And some of you know the wall I'm talking about. Like some of you have a wall up today. It, it seems insurmountable. 
And, and, and so you stay frozen, stuck in a mess. You presently find yourself and convinced that that change will never exactly come to your life. It's uh, maybe that's where you are today. I, I have some good news for you, though. Listen to this. God, God's power is greater than your past. It is so much greater. God's power is greater than, than anything filling you with regret and holding you in, into uh, this bondage. When we look at the whole journey back to God, it can overwhelm us. Uh, it can cause uh, so much, uh, even when we doubt if we can ever change. But, but the journey begins back with this simple step. And, and, and the step is this, realizing that we need to turn back to God. Just, just realizing it. In verse 17, but when he came to his senses, there's a realization here. That God's power is greater than your past. But the first realization is we see the son that the realization of his desperate condition. He was very desperate in this, in this situation that he was in. The actual words in the original language read, but when he came to himself. And so this morning, some of you may need to, to honestly come to senses. You need to come to yourself and to come and take a long, honest look at your life, maybe even at your heart today, maybe at the person that you have become. One of the most difficult steps back to God is to get honest with our present situation, to stop blaming others, to stop avoiding, to stop denying to stop running and to face the true reality of where your life is and how you actually got there. Now next, we see that this son, he comes to a, a second realization on his journey back to God. Look at verse 17. He says, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. Here the son comes to a realization that he can actually start over again. That, hey, there, there is a second chance in this. That, that I, can, I can get something out of this. There, there may be some of us this morning that feel we are too far gone and maybe we have messed up way too much in our life. But listen, we serve a God this morning that allows us to start over. Don't you love that you have a God that you can go to every day and seek forgiveness from? I thank God for that. Thank God when I do something dumb, I can go to my God as soon as I do it and say, Lord, forgive me. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Because usually I get convicted on the spot if I do something I'm not supposed to do. It's called conviction. If you are a believer today and there is sin in your life, there should be conviction. We serve a loving God, a forgiving God who is always there to pick up those broken pieces so that we can have a fresh start. And that's exactly what God is doing here with the prodigal son. And through all of these uh, past mistakes and all of these uh, past failures and, and poor decisions that he has made, we serve an overwhelming, loving God. But then in verse 18, while reflecting on this desperate condition, I think the son realizes something else. Look at this. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually keep reading in verse 19. I didn't put it on the screen for you. But listen to this. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Wow. So here we see this son come to this third, I guess we can call realization, the realization of his offense against God. A man who doesn't even think he is worthy at this point. You know, the second realization demands that we own up to the fact that our desperate condition is the result not only of personal mistakes and and bad decision making, but from the fact that we have rebelled against God and we have offended God by seeking to take control of our lives and pursue uh, freedom, pursue uh, pleasure apart from Him. Perhaps we're here today. Perhaps you are here today and you want change. You want to start over. You want a redo. But shame and guilt and a healthy dose of fear stands in your way. You think these questions over and over in your head. Will they accept me? Will they take me in? Could God ever forgive somebody like me? Now, as a pastor, I hear those three questions almost weekly when, when talking to people. Will your church accept me? You, you wouldn't believe the number one question I get. Will your church allow somebody like me to come in? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Will they take me in? Will they let me become one of one of you? And then, and then the one that always gets me: Can God really forgive me? Look, we we used to we used to do some jail ministry years ago. And look, I, I like jail ministry because this is the thing: like they're at rock bottom. <laughs> they they like some of these some of these, especially when you're in prison ministry. Like they're there for life. Hey, like. They ain't getting out. Uh, some of them, some of them have seventy-year sentences, and, and they live. They're, they're at forty years old, which means they ain't living to hundred and ten. Like they're there. Hey, and, and when you're talking to them face to face, and you know that there is no hope for them, like you aren't getting out, and you're talking in front of a guy that's talking to you about Jesus, like there's only one thing he can do is listen. And so I love that, seeing seeing a man that. That, that, that realizes his past was, was filled with regret, but hey, look, he's got a future still. It may not be on this earth, but he's got a future in glory with his father. Hey, look, don't you ever think in your mind that somebody in prison can't go to heaven. I've seen so many people give their life to Jesus in prison. I, I went to school at Fruitland. Um, uh, with a guy by the name of Cody Beebe, uh, at 14 years old, uh, he got he got into to drugs, and 15 years old he got into selling drugs. He's 16 years old, he got pulled over for the first time using drugs. He got he got uh, let out with a warning that time. Got a good lawyer. 17 years old, once again pulled over, uh, driving under the influence, had marijuana in his back had cocaine, everything else, stuff that he'd been selling, got locked up, got put in the teen challenge. At 18 years old, uh, he gives his life to the Lord. He was supposed to be there for seven years, um, but he got out on good behavior. 
18 years old, he's sitting in a jail, uh, pretty much no hope, regret filling his life. A preacher comes in and talks to him. He gets saved. At 19 years old, he gets out on good behavior. He enrolls at Fruitland Baptist Bible College. Cool stuff. I sat in class with him for two years. Well, a year and a half. He was two quarters behind me. year and a half, sat in class with him. And uh, today, serving in ministry, a uh, youth pastor, he's, he's helped plant a church. The Lord has used him in mighty ways. Somebody that had zero hope at 16, 17 years old, now filled with a lot of hope, filling teenagers with a lot of hope, using his life, uh, using his testimony as a living testimony, pleasing to God, and seeing tons and tons of lost teenagers giving their hearts to Jesus every year. Praise the Lord for lives being changed because God reaches out his hand to those people that are filled with regret. Perhaps we're here today and you're asking those questions. Will they accept me? Will they take me in? Could God ever forgive me? There, those are some questions running through our heads this morning. And so rather than returning home, we go back to this never-ending cycle. We call it the sorry cycle. Put that chart up there, David. This is, this is what regret leads to if we don't uh, turn to God. It's a never-ending cycle of longing and regret. Longing and regret. Longing and and regret. And truth is, some of us have been stuck in what is called the sorry cycle for many years. You don't have to live in the sorry cycle, the cycle of longing and regret anymore. And then if we just allow the second awakening, the awakening to regret, to lead us back home, your life can be altered and changed forever. So this story of the prodigal son, this story is my story. It's our story. It's a story of regret. But you can start over. And it starts with dealing with your past. Regret does not have to mark the end of our journey. But rather, it can be the very thing that leads us to the realization to help us find our way back to God. You know, last week I gave you your next steps. 21 days of prayer. And I hope that... Um, as I've been posting those uh, daily prayer prompts on that uh, private Facebook page that, um, that that has helped you. Um, it's encouraged me, if nothing else, to, to sit there and type that out for you and uh, to think about what, what I want to challenge you to do next. And, but, but I got another step for you this morning. Keep doing the 21 days of prayer. <laughs> uh, we're not stopping that. We're only on day seven, so we got two more weeks to go. Um, and I hope it goes in much longer than 21 days. I hope you'll say, hey, I want to do 40 days. Hey, I want to do 60 days. Hey, I want to do 365 days. But this is your next step. I want you to confess the mess. I want you to confess the mess, whatever it is. So this second week, as we close it out on our journey with some simple next step in, in transforming our regret into realizations that help us find our way back to God, I want you to acknowledge an area of your life that fills you with regret. Just acknowledge it. If you were to go to secretregrets.com or you were to go to the Secret Regret Facebook page, what would you post? What would your post look like? 
Acknowledge your offense against God. The Bible says that all of us have gone astray. There's not one of us in here this morning that is perfect and without sin. We are all sinners and and rebels in need of forgiveness. We've got to realize that today. Can we acknowledge that today? And then acknowledge that God is the way that you can start over. So this final step may be the difficult one for all of us because, honestly, it's the one that requires action. It's the one that requires us to put a foot in front of the other. We like to be in control. We like to feel like we don't need outside help, particularly from God. Would you be willing today to be open to the possibility that maybe you have had a wrong view of God, that perhaps it was mistaken, Would you be willing to acknowledge that God desires to help you and not harm you? And so today, I want to challenge every person in this room to pray this prayer. Put it up there. Uh, Heavenly Father, make yourself real to me. Awaken me in the ability to see that you are what is missing in my life. Make yourself real to me. Awaken me in my ability see that you are what is actually missing in my life. I don't know where you're at in your walk with God this morning. All I know is God's called us to preach this series. And it don't look like it's ending anytime soon. (laughs) Told you last week, I thought we were going to be in it four weeks. It looks like it might be six weeks. If you haven't noticed, we're taking about three verses a week. We've got a long ways to go. And that's okay, because we're on God's time, not ours. This is what I do know. What I do know is that God is calling His children to come home. And there may be somebody out there that you need to invite, that you know that needs to come home. There may be somebody in this room this morning that is filled with so much regret, so much emotion, that you have no idea what way to turn, and it is time for you to come home and run to the arms of the Father. If our worship team comes up this morning, they're going to sing a song just as I am. I'm going to open up the altar for you today. You come if you need to come. Maybe today you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. We keep talking about this moment of regret. Maybe your regret is, I've never given my life to Christ. Today's your day. Let's come make it right. Maybe today is a day that you just need to recommit your life to Jesus and just say, I'm going to live for Him. And I'm going to do everything that I can to honor and glory the Father. Maybe today is somebody that you love. It's a family member that, that you know of, that you need to be praying for, that you need to invite, that you need to get inside these walls to hear the gospel message. Over the next four weeks, we're going to keep pounding this awakening of of, of the prodigal son. I encourage you, invite everybody that you can today. And invite them in to come to Cross Life Church. Let's pray together and give it over to the worship team. You come today if you need to come. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for what you are doing and who you are. Lord, you want us just as we are. And this morning, God, I just pray for your spirit to move mightily in your name. Lord, I pray that you would send lost sons and daughters to the altar that need a forgiving Savior. They need a hope. They need a future. 
Lord, maybe there's somebody here today that's just filled with regret. They don't know which way to turn anymore. They're at the end of their rope. But God, they've taken that challenge of the 21 days of prayer. They're doing everything right. But God, they're at the end and they don't know where else to go. Lord, would you just give them uh, boldness today to take a step forward. Lord, to seek forgiveness. Lord, just overwhelm them with your spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stand with us this morning. You come if you need to come.